Hi, this is Blake Brister, owner of Hair Revival Studio. And if you want to create an impactful kingdom business, you should be listening to the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast with my good friends, Joe Newton and Pierce Brantley. The Eternal Entrepreneur gives you the stories and strategies to gain freedom as a Christian business leader. You'll hear from real entrepreneurs who have learned how to partner with God, from making millions to filing bankruptcy. These are honest stories to help you hear God's voice and build a lasting legacy through business. Well, hello and welcome back. And thank you for joining us for episode six of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Pierce Brantley and along with my co-host, Joe Newton, We cannot be more excited to share with you our conversation today with Blake Brister. Blake grew up sweeping hair at a salon owned by family friends, and during this time found a passion for empowerment that still burns bright today. Blake was able to purchase a salon and make his lifelong dream a reality through some incredible divine events. Today, he is the owner and lead stylist of Hair Revival Studios in Dallas, Texas, and also owns a high-end line of grooming products. Before we jump into the interview today, we want to ask if you would help us out by leaving a five-star review and sharing the podcast with a friend. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of my book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Now, on to the interview. Blake Brister. Welcome What's to up? the Eternal Entrepreneur. Hey, thank wow, you for you being on here with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. Pierce, you sound like an angel. And Joe, you sound lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always the encourager. We appreciate that, Blake. <laughs> if Chad Kroger was an angel, that's what I'd sound like. <laughs> manly, manly angel. Well, hey, Blake, we want to jump uh, right in and kind of give some some context. We just heard a, a quick overview of your your bio and kind of what you're you're doing. But can you take us back to like it talks about on your your website when you were sweeping hair back when you were growing up? Did you always have the desire to be an entrepreneur at that point, or how did that kind of grow out of you over the years to to the point now to where you're you're running a successful salon here in Dallas? Yeah. Um, going back, there was a couple salons I kind of grew up in and I swept a little hair. Let's be, if I'm going to be real honest, I was just mostly hanging out in the back with my my best friends growing up. But I had a childhood friend, Amza, whose dad owned a salon and kind of poked in there when around high school years. And then before that, there, my, my parents did a lot of Bible work, mission work, prison ministry. And there was a family at the church that had a salon and um, they used to cut our hair and as part of like giving, you know, and, and so there was some, there were some really influential people in my life that were hairdressers, um, yeah. but I would, I always had a heart for entrepreneurship. So that kind of, those two things kind of crossed paths after I graduated high school, buying and selling things as a young kid, or there was always some opportunity to make a little money, you know, from as early as I can remember. What was your first hustle? <sighs> what was your high school hustle? Uh, my high school, I mean, I had so many, but like cell phones, cell buying phones. and selling cell phones, that was a real easy way to make money. Um, also, I was really into paintball. So side note, I traveled and played paintball all through high school no way. and a little bit after high school. Yeah. And so I had this way, if you know the market of anything, 
you can, and somebody wants something or somebody needs to sell something, I mean, you just, you know what you can buy something for and you know you can resell it for. And I had this one thing that always really worked well for me is I would just trade guns of equal value and I would find someone who wanted what I wanted, but I would have them add in a loader and a loader was like a hundred, $125 like bonus. And so I would end up with like 30 of these things and I would sell them. And uh, so that was like a really big hustle for me in high school was paint, buying and selling paintball equipment. That's awesome. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard that before, but that's a pretty cool little niche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so how, how did that uh, kind of, as you transitioned out of high school, did you automatically go to school for, for hair and styling? Did you do go to college for, for business? Did you lean more towards missions? What, what happened right after you graduated? <laughs> no, I was not leaning towards missions. Um, <laughs> I was, I was pretty much out of high school. I was probably, I was playing a lot of poker. I was playing a lot of Texas Hold'em. I was at the casino almost every weekend, maybe through the week. <laughs> My parents were really great though. You know, they, they, they really loved me through all my seasons of life. But, um, so getting out of high school, I was graduated a little early and I was traveling on paying paintball, playing a lot of online poker and, um, doing pretty good financially with those two things. I mean, for an 18, 19 year old, um, then that was 2007, the recession hit. I was in college using up my scholarship money. And my sister had her degree. She couldn't find a job. And I was only going to college because I knew it was a good backup plan. And I thought to myself, I'd always hairdressing was kind of something I I was interested in, loved going to get my hair cut, always loved that experience. And so when my sister couldn't get a job, I decided I was going to drop out of college and go to hair school. Now, my psychology teacher at the time, he was he was awesome. And he's the one that kind of prompted that he, he had have us do a, a exercise where we wrote down our dreams or goals and the first step to achieving those. And then he asked us who was in those. And I was looking down at this paper, realizing I wasn't really chasing any of my dreams. And so that day forward started dream chasing. So what did that look like? What was the first step in, uh, in chasing that dream? Yeah, getting into hair school, man, I didn't know where this was going to go, but that was a really tough season of my life. So I started going to hair school. Internet poker became illegal. PPC. I really don't know. And then the, on top of that, the tax lady that my parents were working with had take uh, had taken the money from them and not used it to pay taxes. And so they got really behind. So I was kind of out on my own, didn't have support from my family and had to kind of figure things out quick. And that included like my parents had credit cards in our name to help build our credit, but it ended up being like a, now I have all this bad credit and, uh, because I couldn't pay all these things off. And so I started working at Olive Garden. So I would go to school at 8.30 in the morning to about four, run to Olive Garden, work the night shift um, from 4.30 to 11, leave there, go bartend at a club downtown called Thrive at the Crown (laughs) Plaza. I love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And uh, I would get out of there sometimes on a Thursday, 2.30, on a Friday, 4, 5. Um, on a Saturday, four or five, and that would go up to IHOP or like somewhere like Waffle House, eat breakfast, sleep in my car for an hour, go back to school. Man. And I would do that over and over again. So I wasn't sleeping. I was really, I was using prescription drugs to stay awake. It was really unhealthy. And then I had to come to Jesus moment, wreck my car. Life just came to a screeching halt. And it really didn't. I mean, I, honestly, I just quit. I quit both of those jobs. And what I did from there was, is I got a job at bartending at Gordon Biersch, which was right next to the hair school I was going to. 
and I would go to hair school, go to Gordon Beers, and it was a better, it was like a job that could make about the same amount of money I was making with both of those. And so, yeah, that was the first step. Uh, so I, I would, I mean, it was still pretty late. I'd get out like two in the morning um, and then just kind of round that horn and every day and then finish hair school. Uh, I wrote down some five-year goals um, and then got my first job at a hair salon and just started grinding really as a hairdresser. When you were going through kind of that turmoil, so yeah. you got multiple jobs, you got yeah. prescription drugs, you got yeah. a wrecked car, you got credit issues that are imposed on you, which man, you got all this stuff was the, the pursuit of the, of kind of the hair salon and all that stuff, the stuff that had come from that guy who had given you direction. Was that anchoring for you or, or was it one, just another thing to kind of sift through what kind of kept you focused in that, in that season of, let's say pre-revenue pursuit, right? So if I'm going to be honest, you know, I know this is like entrepreneur uh, podcast for, for kingdom business, and that's totally my heart. And that's where I am today. At this point in my life, I was in fight or flight mode, just trying to survive. And, but it's the goodness of God, because he, he really was with me the whole time looking back. But no, in that, in those times, it was really just like, do what you got to do and get through school or, you know, get through what was hair school and um, pay the bills and survive. Yeah. And I really wasn't walking close to the Lord in this time of my life, obviously. I'm curious when, when you said that you, you wrecked your car and you had that come to Jesus moment, was yeah. that more of a proverbial come to Jesus moment? Or was that when Jesus started to actually show up? It's such a funny again. phrase, come, come to Jesus moment. So that right. was just a moment where <laughs> I had realized that, I mean, I was always a Christian and I had realized, I did realize that God didn't have this life for me that I was living. And I really wasn't walking with him daily at this point, but I realized I'm not supposed to work around the clock. Um, there's something about sacrifice, but then there's just stupidity, the spirit of stupid, you know? And so I was just in stupidity <laughs> and young and immature and in, in that mindset that I can do it all myself. Right. Yeah. So, so that was sort of, uh, there was a humbling that, that came at that point where, where you started little, to maybe just a little bit of humbling, like not a little even, bit, maybe okay. a crumb, <laughs> <laughs> a crumb of humble pie. <laughs> So what was your first, so you get, you, you went the distance, you finally yeah. finished uh, hair salon school or you got the right certifications and everything. Did yeah. you move straight from that? Were you, did you have this amazing anointing for being able to Zohan in the spirit, being able to go and attack anyone's hair or did you kind of graduate up through different levels? Tell us a little yeah. bit about the journey from where, from that point to actually getting yeah. into this incredible business that you own today. Okay. Yeah. So it's about 11 years ago, you know, so I'll try not to, there's a, I mean, it's a long story. There's a lot of life in there, but I was working as an assistant and I had two bosses that were amazing. They were hair colorists and I was a hair colorist. I trained under them. I did all their stuff from drop their kids off at daycare to mix their color and help apply it and kind of maintain that. And I did that for about a year with them. And then um, one day, one of my bosses who I helped had an allergy attack and I stuck her in the leg with her, uh, EpiPen and, fit, and did all her clients that whole day, you know? <laughs> and, uh, they were like, all right, you're ready. And wow. so after that moment, I got to start taking a client and, uh, and then I, um, shortly after that, I wanted to cut hair. So it was a specializing kind of salon, but I had another mentor there who was a hair cutter who really helped me out. 
and taught me how to do that stuff kind of on the side. We would do it at home at my house. And he was an amazing man, still is an amazing man. And so he taught me haircutting and then what eventually led to me going to work for a different salon. And so I could do both. And at that salon was where I really found myself meeting Jesus face to face, even being a Christian my whole life. But um, yeah, do you, I mean, and so I, I go to the second salon and you guys interrupt me at any time. I'm, I'm going to just share it out. So go to this other salon across town. The lady that owns it's kind of known for being a little bit harsh. So she kind of tears people up. And but you know what? She teaches people a lot and she builds up a really excellent salon doing it. While I was there, I meet a girl named Joy Hom, um, or shortly after that, meet a girl named Joy Hom and Cameron Douglas. Cameron was working at Pompeo or Pompeo with me, this salon, this real nice high-end salon, and started getting pointed to the upper room. This is like 2000, I don't know, 12, 11. The upper room uh, is a church, right? Yeah, the upper room is a church. Yeah, so the upper room was a church, is a church in Dallas. At the time, it was just a really small church that was located above a city vet. <laughs> uh, you hear dogs barking. No um, it's, yeah, yeah. So, it was, uh, so I remember poking my head in there, and then really, I'm working at this high-end salon, and things really aren't going the way you want them to, but... I'm still just financially struggling, living beyond my means, just a downward, not sewing accordingly. I'm just, I'm just losing, losing, losing. Well, I meet this makeup artist. Her name's Joy. She was super cool. She invited me to this church, the upper room, on a Thursday at 6 a.m. for a time of prayer and worship. So I go because I'm just like, I'll do anything at this point. And I remember hearing the voice of God for the first time. I opened, I brought my Bible, which I never read or never had read at the time. And I opened it up and I heard this passing thought, well, what are you going to read? So I just, I just closed it. And I was sitting there. I feel God. I feel God. I thought I felt God, this presence. And in my mind, I very practically thought, I was like, well, if this is God. What should I do? Get on your knees, God of the universe. So I get on my knees and I just feel the Lord's presence washing over me. Probably 20 minutes goes by. I'm just very thankful. I'm just crying and weeping. I just feel the love of God. Um, and then I simultaneously hear him ask me, what is, ask me anything you want. And I simultaneously thought, what is my purpose? And he said, open your Bible. Takes me straight to Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18. Rejoice always. I'm just weeping. That's so simple. I'm just supposed to rejoice. It says everything, give thanks, be in continual prayer for this is the will for you in Christ Jesus. And so when I read that for this is the will for you in Christ Jesus, I knew that I could talk to God, hear God. My life was forever changed. Went to work that day. My boss that was kind of harsh kind of came out, kind of came after me that day. And um, and I'm sure I was just a little bit cut up and like sensitive, but I just opened my Bible and the Lord, it said, I went straight to John and it was like, bless those that persecute you. Now, whether she was actually persecuting me or not, that was what I felt. Right. And so I began to bless her and love on her and we built a great relationship and then from that point on, I go to rent a chair. I end up leaving there, going to rent a chair and at another place before opening up Hair Revival. Yeah. And so this is really where I started the journey. I was 22 of walking with the Lord and him teaching me about finances and teaching me what it is to invite him into that place, which ultimately is just him teaching me how to run a business and really just being in a relationship with him. And so that's kind of where it all, that's kind of where it all started unfolding. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So. What did it look like to kind of walk out with understanding the financial aspect of it? So that's a kind of yeah. interesting thing to have 
We think about having a relationship with God on Sunday mornings. We think about having a relationship with God when a family member is sick. To have a relationship with God with finances as it relates to business is special. Yeah. It's special. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many people Absolutely. bring the Lord into that. Well, man, if you, I mean, I don't know how you can do it without, because honestly, I couldn't do it without God. I was just, I was living beyond my means and just, and going negative in debt constantly. The only thing I could think of was work harder to make more money. And eventually you'll make enough money to live the life you want to live. But that's just like a broken mindset. And so for me, it was a moment. So I had two jobs. I pretty much always was just like working as much as I could. So at the time I had two jobs, I was working as a shampoo sales rep. So I would drive to salons on my days where I wasn't cutting hair and I would sell shampoo and take a commission of that. And then I would, uh, for a nice high-end Italian company, but then I, uh, I was also cutting hair. And so I couldn't pay my bills with these two jobs. And so at the church, our pastor had spoke about sacrificial giving and it just registered in my spirit. So I needed this money. And what I did was, is I took my two week commission check from the sales job, which I really hated. And I placed it in the basket. And as soon as I placed it in, I heard quit. So I knew that I was supposed to quit. So I knew that I knew, even though I needed the money and I didn't know what was going to happen. So a lot of, I think with God, with finances is about your heart posture and trusting him. And a lot of it is stewardship. And so I gave that money and then the Lord gave me some, that night, he gave me some practicals in my time of prayer, which was don't spend any money without asking me Mm. and tithe for what you need to make. Mm. So I quit one job, did my budget first time in my life. I figured I needed to make about $37,000 a year to pay off debt and to pay all my bills. And I was living in, I was living downtown in a really fancy loft. Like I was living, like I said, beyond my means. And this was like me coming up with a tight budget for the first time. I know that's pretty loose for a single 20 year old, <laughs> but that's what I came up with, you know, with the debt, the car and the, where I was living. So I started tithing for that amount. And I started asking the Lord before I made purchases. And I'm, I'm telling you from that day forward, I just started sewing into my hair business and sewing into people and taking the time to actually build something. And my business grew so fast. I would go, you know, I would just, I would work 12 to seven, five days a week because I was actually spending the first half of that day at the church doing a residency program. Um, so I'd get there at six and then I would stay till about noon and then I would go work my little salon that I had. And my business just began to blow up. Blow up. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I love that the, the progression of that as you start to realize one that you can hear God's voice and the way that he fathered you was he didn't start you off with, Hey, let's download QuickBooks and let me tell you the advanced tax strategies for owning a business. He gave you two fundamental pieces of, of principles and, and you stewarded those well, that whole stewarding little, You know, you'll be rewarded with much, and just seeing yeah. the the way that that's gone from that to where you are now, I think that's a great example of that of, of just steward what you've been given. Yeah, I mean, we own nothing. That's kind of how I view it now. Is there's I own nothing, and it's all just stewarding what God's given me in the moment. And I've gone in these ebbs and flows. You when know, you there's so many moments where I look back and I just I didn't have the money. It takes time to sow, to reap, to harvest. You know, and I've Mm -hmm. learned over the years that there's when you start to you eat last year's harvest. And so you have to take some of it and it's seed 
to plant to the next year and you have to take some of it to bread to eat in the moment. And then you have to take some of it to store away for tough time. It's, it's like a Joseph when Pharaoh, you know, store for seven years, you know, of famine. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where it started and it's just evolved since. I mean, for me, it was really basic. It was like, I pull up my debit card and I would pray every time, like, can I buy this coffee? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know, and I would just hear it. I just have peace with it, you know, and I would do that over and over again. And then you get this, you get this sense of peace to buy something whenever. And though that's, that may sound a little weird and spiritual, but that's how I think God meets us where he is, where we are. And so for me, that's where I was. I needed someone to walk with me and then got some mentors in my life. And, and um, still today, learning what it is to steward God's, God's wealth. So in that act of stewardship, at what point did you, so you, you're building this client list which mm-hmm. in and of itself, I mean, that's hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's every next interaction, right? Yeah. Uh, was that ultimately what, what grew into the revival business that you have now, Revival Hair Studio, or was that, was that pre, a precursor to that? There's a lot of things, a culmination of things that led to Hair Revival opening up. It, there was a, so praying specifically for things has been a very big thing for me and Jesus too, because when you pray specifically, I mean, in anything in life, you get confirmation for the Lord. So when I was praying about my wife, the Lord would show me that, Hey, you need a wife that is a journaler because you're so, you're so stuck in the future. You need someone who appreciates the past, you know, to help balance you. When I met my wife, and I was praying for a wife. I mean, I would go, I went to her house and she had a big old box. I'm like, what's in that box? She's like, oh, old journals. And so it gives me like a, wow. it gave me like a, <laughs> like a anchor to stand on. And now when things get tough, I remember, no, Lord, you gave me my journaling wife. And so it's the same thing for like how the salon was going. So I prayed for a square footage and played for a space, prayed for all these things so that whenever I did walk in, I knew that I knew that I knew I was supposed to be where I was supposed to be. And this was for the first location. And, um, that came through a relationship uh, with somebody that I had met when I was out looking at spaces. I met a guy who signed a lease. He owns a salon called uh, Beauty Box, and he really helped me. He really helped set me up, man. So he essentially sold me his old salon, and then um, and we worked out a deal, and uh, it was kind of supernatural. And in the sense that I was still learning how to steward finances, but my heart was with the Lord. And he told me one time he, when I was praying and this had our, this opportunity had come to me where he had said, Hey, I'm opening up a new salon. Essentially I'll, I'll lock the door and I'll, I'll give you the key and you can take over this place. Um, that opportunity had come to me and I didn't have the money I needed to buy it. And it wasn't much, you know, to get started. We're looking at $15,000 here and, um, turnkey God opportunity. And I didn't have enough money. And so um, I remember praying about it and the Lord had given me a couple things. One was, if you want a supernatural lifestyle, cultivate it. And I didn't really know what that had kind of meant, but I was sitting on that word. And then I was also going to the upper room still. And we, on Saturdays, would do worship and, and Joe would pray. But Joe Newton here, yours truly, came up to me on a Saturday. This had to have been, I don't know, this was 2014, 13, 13, 14, and 14. And Joe had come up to me, said, I got a word from you. And it said, past kindnesses will pay future dividends. I don't know if you remember that. That was a good word. Wow. It's like so, financially minded language too. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so long story short, long story long, I mean, golly, I'm sitting here just yapping away. Long story long. That's <laughs> what you're here for. <laughs> uh, I needed to write checks. I go to a bank to get a small business loan. I didn't feel settled in my spirit. I said, you know what? I can't apply for this money. 
Jesus is going to provide. And this is just where I was. And so I'm not saying this is how you do it, guys. I'm just saying this, it's going to look different for everybody, but walking with the Lord is where you need to be. And so in my spirit, I knew it wasn't right. I leave. That was a Friday. Saturday, we did worship. Um, we, I'm needing to write checks Tuesday. Saturdays where Joe gives me the word about past kindnesses and future dividends or past kindness pay future dividends. He asked me what's on my heart. And I said, honestly, my heart's for our whole church to get together, hold hands and sing a song. Remember? I don't know if you remember that. I, I, but do, then, I do. And then Sunday, our pastor preached a message. Our old worship leader was back in town, David Porcadue, I'll never forget. And he was singing a banner of love. And Miller gets back up after it's all said and done. And he's like, we need to hold hands and sing a song as a family. And I'm just like on top. I hear Joe laugh across the church, his beautiful triumphant laugh. <laughs> and then um, we we sing that song and I'm in heaven. And I'm just like, I'm just totally surrendered. I'm like, I know that I have this amazing opportunity sitting before me, but I really just, I'm just like, you know what, Lord, it's either this or it's either the next thing. And I just want to be with you. Monday, I go to work, slammed all day. Monday night comes around. My client wants to get in for a hairstyle. So I was like, yeah, come in 730. I'll, I'll fix your hair. She's leaving town the next day. She comes in at the, and she was just, she wants to remain anonymous. And so I remember her coming in and her saying, Hey, you know, open up a salon. Like I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. And then I was like, look, this is the deal tomorrow. I can take over salon, but I need money and I don't have it. And she's like, Oh, well I, she's like, God told me to bring you a check. She had a blank check, filled it out right there. $15,000 kidding. Wow. Monday night. Tuesday morning, take it to the bank, write checks Tuesday afternoon, and then we got started with the first hair revival. That's incredible. Wow. That yes. is so cool. What did it feel like in that moment? I mean, so was it just like a natural, like, all right, I'm walking on water kind of thing, or was it like a mic drop kind of, what was that like? So I'm going to see if I can pull this up real quick, but I, I was so overwhelmed. It was the January 1st, 2015. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this all happened January 1st, 2015. I got the keys. No, no, no. Sorry. January 2nd, 2015. I got the keys. My best friend in Austin that I mentioned earlier had a baby that day and I am his first child and I am so overwhelmed. I feel like a mixture of like, I'm going to explode and I can't believe it's not, this is my life. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm 25 years old, about to open up a dream salon. Yeah. Two years ago, I was losing control of my life, you know, or just how like finding the Lord. So instead of going straight to the salon, I went to get breakfast and I got it at this place that was called, it was a pancake coffee shop. They're not open in Dallas anymore. Um, legal Grounds. And I wrote this poem and uh, I can share the poem. Share it, please. It's called Everly Keys. Everly was the name of my best friend's daughter is, and Keys is the keys to the salon. And it goes, it's the second day of a new year and I awake. My eyes are open inside. I stir, but my heart shakes. More and more aware, Holy Spirit begins to share, takes me to a place where my soul is to spare. Presented a coffee and a decorative breakfast. Outside, I appear fine, but inside I am reckless. Who and what I was made for, I am certain, but how I choose to express it, I question. So to you, my father, I beckon, give my soul a song to reckon. Thank you for your love, full sounds. I'll meet you here again soon at Legal Grounds. Whoa, I love it. And then just took off to the salon and I spent the next 11 days there painting and uh, getting it all set up. And that, yeah, that was it. That's really cool. So 
it's really interesting to me. So you have this really cool relationship with the Lord where he's directing your business, mm-hmm, directing mm-hmm. your finance. Is one of the mm-hmm. ways you respond creatively. So you have almost like, you got a modern psalm here, which I love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that's gold there. And then you, you mentioned this painting and stuff. Is when you, you have the operational side that's intimate with the Lord, do you respond creatively? Is that how you kind of center yourself? What does that look like for you just as a person? Um, yeah, with the Lord respond. Do I respond creatively with the Lord? Yeah. Is that one of the ways you you foster thanks or gratitude, or is it just something that kind of ad hoc, I guess? Writing and, and poetry is something that all God's always, always had for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I know I'm with him, I'm, you know, I'm writing for sure. When I, when I'm intimate with God, there's, I definitely write. Yeah. That's neat. Mm-hmm. And that's so good. I want to make sure just in the amount of time we have, yeah. I, I love the, the partnering with God, but I, I want to make sure that, that we talk about uh, your yeah. actual partnership too. Cause I, I know you've, you've stewarded that so well. And I, I think there are a lot of people out there who want to get into business and they feel like they either should partner or it seems like a good idea too. So can you kind of talk about that? So you've opened Hair Revival. It's going well. You've built up this book of business. And when did the, the, this partnership happen? And what, what did that look like? Yeah, man, it's uh, just before I share anymore, just there were so many people that really helped me from the day. And so just a lot of old hairdresser friends came in, rented chairs, supported me. So thankful for them. And some of, several of them own their own salons now, which is really cool. Um, but what it looked like was building a business. And then I was praying that God would bring me a business partner because I felt like I needed someone to help me grow. And I was praying for a husband and wife and I had somebody in mind, um, ends up EJ and Joel ended up coming into the salon. They weren't who I had in mind, but it ended up being the heart that of somebody I was praying for. And so for me, that journey of getting into business with somebody that was getting into business with EJ and EJ was, uh, everything I needed in a business partner. And, um, he really sharpened me. And so the Lord had given me the business. So I prayed about it and the Lord really put it in my heart to give him half the business. So I gave EJ half the company and he earned it. And he worked really hard next to me for almost five years. No, 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 no. Four years. Exactly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, five years, five years. Sorry. I'm getting a little confusing <laughs> dates. So he worked next to me for five years. We built up a company together. He taught me a lot about being a man. He taught me a lot about being a father. and. Uh, I don't have kids, but I feel pretty, a little, a little equipped just from walking with EJ. And so for me, I think business partners are beautiful. And me and EJ had a great, we had a great partnership. We grew and we got to a point where we could, I could feel, we could feel our friendship was kind of taking this, taking a second string here to the business relationship. It, it was, it became pretty difficult a lot of times um, just being in partnership with somebody there's just a lot of moving parts, trying to navigate roles and responsibilities, trying to navigate finances, trying to navigate a lot of things. And so ultimately, he just had his fourth child yesterday, today or yesterday, yesterday. So that's why he's not here. He was going to originally be up here with me talking. I'm sure you'll catch up with him soon. Um, we still have a great relationship, but um, he just had a baby. And after five years of being in business together, we decided to do a buy-sell agreement and I bought out his portion of the shares uh, of the company. And so if we want to talk about getting into business and having partnerships, you know, it's if you look at the statistics, <laughs> part, business partnerships don't do well statistically, Yeah, you know? 
Um, and it's because it's hard and it's, it's because it's like a marriage, but there's no, co- there's no like blood covenant, you know, <laughs> you, it's like a marriage, but it's not. And so my experience with EJ was everything I needed. And I, I pray, my prayer is that I, I, he learned from me too, because I really learned a lot from him. And I feel like he really, he, like I say, taught me how to be a man, taught me how to handle hard conversations, not to shy away from hard conversations, but to press into those. I was a, if there's anything I learned from EJ, that's what I learned. Um, he just loves and thrives in that. And that's why he'll always lead people well and be a good leader. But I think if you're getting into a partnership for business, I would just really invite the Lord into that and pray about it because it's got to be divine because it's, it's only divine that me and him could go through so much of a business, come up with a buy-sell agreement and still continue to have a friendship. And the reason, honestly, the only really reason it's possible for us is because of Jesus and because we both are submitted to submit to the Lord, but there was some really hard times. And I'll, me and EJ had, had worked through a lot of hard things together. And, um, and so uh, it's, it's, I would never tell anybody not to get into a business partnership. And, but I would just tell people to really, really know that even if it's not partnership, just getting into work with one another, it's, it's something that you really got to have the Lord involved in because it's um it's difficult very difficult blake i want to just honor something in you it's so cool it seems like through different seasons of your life you've been able to recognize the need for another half you mentioned with your wife earlier the past versus the future you mentioned moving into this season and this thing with with ej what was when if someone is considering going through and partnering with someone else in a business and I think a lot of people ask that question. It's the, it's the entrepreneur's ultimate question is, do I solopreneur or do I build something with somebody? That's always a hard question to ask um, and to, to actually resolve in your own heart. With EJ, before you went into business with him, what was it that you were looking for as a partner? Because we all have different strengths and, and weaknesses. What was, what was kind of, there's probably more than one thing, but kind of in sum, in theme, what drew you to the desire and to the kind of the impetus to, to even go get a partner to begin with? That's a really great question. I think it's just an innate in us as humans to want to do things with somebody else. But I knew that I needed help. <laughs> you know, it was hard. It was hard. It was really hard trying to figure out a ton of things with no formal training other than the life. Um, so I just knew that I needed somebody to run with. And so I didn't know 100% what it looked like. I wanted someone who loved family. So I wanted a husband and a wife, potentially someone married. That's what I was praying for, because um, I knew that I wanted a family salon, something that welcomes kids and um, is safe. And so I knew and I knew that I, I really had a hard time with conversations. I'm not a great communicator. So I hope that you, I've done okay on this podcast. It's my lowest strength on the uh, strength finder. It's like my bottom, my bottom. It's like, I need a Moses. Or I mean, I need an Aaron, you know, <laughs> uh, but we learn, we learn and we grow. So you can grow even in your weakest strength or, you know, your weakest areas. And so you can, that's yeah. Yeah. I love that answer. No, I think that's really valuable for, for people to hear. I'm curious. So once you are, and you, you and EJ are in, in partnership, what's kind of like the, the first like real benefit you saw from that partnership? And what was one of the first struggles 
or things that that partnership drew out that you kind of had to work through. You're right. I was thinking about it this week. Business oftentimes is like a marriage. You enter into relationship with someone and it's not mm-hmm. necessarily for intimacy, but it's for an outcome for it. But it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely for walking together. And that mm-hmm. that'll always have its challenges with its benefits. Mm-hmm. So the, the one more time, the question specifically. Yeah. So the first question, it's kind of a dual question. It was once you guys entered into partnership, what was that first benefit? Tough. And yeah. And then what was the opposite? What was something that you guys had to kind of work through yeah. uh, in that partnership? The benefit is just having someone to, to be with. I mean, the benefit, the instant benefit is just having someone to, to bear the burden, right? to hear, to talk things out, someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to be on you know, essentially the same level, carry the same responsibility. That's the instant benefit connection. I just think back to that time. We used to go on long walks all the time, but most of it was around Jesus, yeah. not even business, um, a little bit of business. And so it was really just, um, yeah, it's, it's a relationship. It's the benefits relationship. The toughest part is going to be different for everybody. But if you read five dysfunctions of a team, you'll be able to identify yours, your, what's yours is in ours. Our biggest ones were accountability and trust. Um, so we, our biggest, uh, and that book helps identify. So our biggest dysfunctions as business partners was not holding one another accountable and not um, trusting one another fully. That's really interesting. Kind of going back to the marriage analogy, the Bible talks about not being unequally yoked. Yeah. And what's so interesting is, so right, in the spirit, right, I think we Christians are always equally yoked, right? There is, because we all have this ability to draw upon the same father and to look mm-hmm. back on it. Now, that's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, a, that's a mindful leaning forward decision. But, but it's the same thing with business. You could say, you know what, I'm just pulling through life on my own here. And I just need to get someone yoked up with me at this point, any bull will be good, right? (laughs) Just, just, just connect them and move me forward. But synergy, like the idea of synergy actually comes from like the sum of two things being greater than the two things beyond itself. I, I, I heard a pastor once talk about how when two bulls pull, they can actually pull a multiple of what either one could pull on their own. Yeah. That's so true because God gives us different giftings, right? And you mentioned like Moses and Aaron before Moses was always meant the Lord had pushed on him and pushed on him and pushed on him and said, Hey, listen, regardless about how you feel, regardless of your shortcomings, whatever else you're supposed to go lead, you're going to lead this nation out of Egypt. You're going to Mm -hmm. be the one who spirits freedom here. All that being said, you're going to need an Aaron. You are, you are. And I just think there's something really powerful in that, that we don't isolate and that we choose to say, you know what? I'm going to be better off if I, if I join yokes with somebody else, ultimately, yeah. whether that is in the form of accountability, whether that is in the form of going to get trust or, or resource or wisdom or something, even if you choose to be a, a solopreneur, you need to be yoked to someone for the yeah. sake of the journey. You're going to benefit. No one is holistically able to kind of go and do something on their own, but finding that person is really important. And I love what you said, because prayer and bringing that to the Lord and just servitude and, and, and having that ask, I think is really beneficial because he doesn't like us to go through life without community, right? Yeah. He doesn't yeah. like us to go through life without the body. Right. And that'll have different, that'll look differently in a business relationship, I think. But, yeah. but 
I think that's a good question to ask as any at the stage as of entrepreneurship for anyone is, Lord, who could I be yoked up with right now? Or who should I be yeah. yoked up with now in order to bring about a greater sense of the mission that you've called me to, whatever that looks like? Yeah. Uh, because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And if I could just add one thing about business partners, it's really naive to get into a business partner relationship and say, we're going to do this forever, you know, and that's going to be, and that's a really naive, beautiful, nothing wrong with the heart there, but really you should say, Hey, let's do a business partnership. Let's put together an agreement for if either of us, one decides that God's calling us elsewhere, um, that we, we know exactly what we need to do to split and it'd be good. And then also just have the language around, look, we're going to do this for as long as God's called us to do this together. Because ultimately, if you say you're going to do it forever, you're basically saying, well, if you're shutting down the opportunity to hear the voice of the Lord, if he's called you to, called you in a different direction. Oh, man, that's great. I love that. Gotta stay that's, open. A, that's, that's a great practical piece of advice on on multiple levels. I, I think that's probably one of the bigger pitfalls that people have in getting into a partnership yeah. of of any kind is not at the beginning talking about with the analogy of the divorce, mm-hmm. because I think like you said, one, it does, it shuts down saying we're going to go here and one, we yeah. need to be humble to be like, well, if the Lord wills, you can go there. But two, I, I think having that tough conversation at the beginning talking about how will we split ways, you can go ahead and have some of those difficult conversations up front before anything is invested, whether that's time, money, and emotion. And so, yeah, I think that's super valuable. I think there's something else in that too. When we talk about getting the right person on the bus, you know, kind of the good to great analogy. I remember years ago, I heard a client, this was when I was at Harmon Samsung and there was a client and he had to take a call and he goes out and I hear him say, he's, he's really passionate talking to somebody on the other line. And he goes, he goes, you know what? He's like, go ahead and hire them. He's like, and he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. He goes, you're right. He said, they are the right person for the next 12 months. In year two, they're not going to be the right person, but we need a 12 months person right now. And I, and I thought that was, it was almost shocking to hear because you knew they had an exit strategy lined up for that person already before they were even getting brought on to the company. But there's actually a lot of freedom. I think oftentimes we think, all right, we need to be the steps one through 10 person. If I'm going to be a business owner, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I got to have it all consolidated underneath this head right here. It's me and God riding off into the sunset <laughs> and I'm going to be a millionaire by 30 and or whatever age you're at. And, and it's all going to be golden. And the reality is there is a lot of freedom in saying, you know what? I'm a steps three through five person. I'm a steps five through seven person. I, and I am really good at process at this stage, or I'm really good at helping a company exit at this stage, or I'm really good putting up foundations. You need a good foundation for a business. I'm a business foundations person knowing that. And then if your own business grows past that point, you know, your theme and you know, your lane, and then you go find people to go beyond past that. And that's free. That's free. No one's asking you to be all. God isn't asking you to be all to things. I wasn't asking Moses to be a good communicator, to go back to that. He was asking him to be a leader and to be willing to take that first step. That's, that's good stuff. Well, I hate to, to step in and and, and stop the flow there because I wish we could keep going into some of that, but we are getting about time and we want to honor your time, Blake. So with our last couple of minutes, we have our, our final five. So the final five questions that we asked to everyone who comes on, 
And uh, so I'm just going to fire those off uh, real quick. So with our last five minutes, our last five questions. So question number one, this is the podcast question. What are the top three must-read books, not including the Bible? And this can be business, family, spiritual, cookbook. Okay. Golly, there's so many boundaries. Henry Cloud, such a good one. Uh, I'm going to put Poverty, Riches, and Wealth, Chris Valentin. Golly, it's full. It's full of wealth mindset principles. Yeah, changing that perspective. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, these are the three, yeah. The, uh, boundaries, Henry Cloud, Chris Valentin, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth, and then Craig Groeschel, Kazone. It's a book about vision, and it'll help you. It helps you identify your past experiences, spiritual gifts, and core values, and where those overlap, often point um, the purpose and call God has on your life. Can you spell that for me? C H A W C H A W Z O N. Awesome, and uh, we'll we'll put that down in the notes so everyone can uh, check those out. Awesome. So, question number two. You can send a note card back to yourself when you're first starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. What are the three pieces of advice you're putting on that card? I send it back in the uh, um, send it back from today. Yeah, where send, I'm starting. Yeah. Okay. The three things that I would say. Yeah, you got one note card. The three yeah. things you're putting on there. Yeah. Have fun, pray in tongues, <laughs> and don't stop giving. Nice. I love it. That's concise. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number three. Today, how do you define success for yourself? Uh, God, we talk about this all the time. I, I feel like it's constantly changing, but success has to be around. Oof, oh, it's I, defining success is probably one of the hardest things ever. But I would say this is success for me is being thankful, finding gratitude. Um, on a daily basis, and regardless of the circumstances, we're uh, enjoying um, the process. If awesome. I can go through the day, at the end of the day, if I if I'm thankful in my heart and I enjoyed the day, I, I think it's a successful day, regardless of what's happened. Awesome, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number four: uh, When times have gotten tough, what has kept you from quitting? Really, it's 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 getting thankful around those situations, you know, because it's it's real. It's real when it says count on all joy, the various trials in life. You you can renew your mind around tough situations, I believe, and I've experienced. You can renew your mind around a difficult situation and find true joy in it. I mean, and so what I do and what I've done in the past in difficult situations is I get before the Lord. I thank him for it. I get thankful around it, no matter how hard it is. Even most recently, we went through some really difficult stuff online um, with cancel culture. And and I'm just like, God, thank you for this this time. Thank you for this purifying process. And then being really honest with him, I am so stressed out. I am so stressed out. I don't know what to do. Blah, 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 blah. And then in that he gives me vision for what to do, how to do it, how he's making it good. And um, it gets addicting. It's, it's the hard corner by, you know, the hard corner, the quote, the hard corner. I'm not going to yeah. quote it. I'll look it up. You look it up. It's Smith Wigglesworth. Okay. Um, and he talks about the hard corner. The ending is every time you get in the hard corner, every time you embrace it, every time you invite God into it, you find yourself further consumed by him. 
So it's just being more consumed. Bad situations lead you to being more consumed by God. So how can we not like that? That's good. That's so good, man. I'm definitely going to have to check out that quote, but that's, that's good right there. Amen. Well, question number five, what question should we have asked that we didn't? Oh gosh. I think if there was any question you should have asked, it would have been, what's your favorite Bible verse? <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, give, give us the insight. Well, which, uh, Second which Corinthians 3, 17, 18, 19, um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom now with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord as in a mirror being transformed into his image, going from one degree of glory to the next. If you didn't know you're in glory, you're going to glory. You're already in glory. Come on. It's so good. Yeah, if there's one verse that d- defines the story you've shared with us today, that's it, man. That From glory it. to glory, growing all the more. <laughs> well, thank you, Blake, so much for, for spending this time with us. And for those who either want to know more about Hair Revival, want to know more about your, your products line, want to know more about you, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find out more about what, what you're doing and be a part of it? Yeah, you can get on hairrevivalstudio.com. Or you can get on Instagram at Hair Revival Studio, and you can you can message me on there, or you know you'll it'll make its way to me through my manager. But um, you're also more than welcome to just reach out to me directly. Honestly, Blake Period Brister at gmail.com. I'm happy to chat with anybody. If I get a closing statement, I'd love to just pray over anyone listening. Yeah, please go right ahead. Go right ahead. So um, close us out. Holy Spirit, I thank you for kingdom business. I thank you that you're not looking for perfection, Lord, but you're looking for someone to enjoy the process with you and to invite you into that place. God, I thank you that you made the body, each member individual um, and perfectly made. Uh, So Lord, anyone listening today, I bless them, God, in identity as a son, as a daughter, as an entrepreneur. God, I pray that you would help give them vision for their life, um, peace where they are today, um, and that they could invite you into the journey and love every moment of it. God, I release creative entrepreneurial ideas. I release business ideas. And Lord, um, I just release uh, the anointing of heaven. I did, I see the Lord really over somebody specifically today, or maybe a, a multiple, but I just see the Lord lifting off this oppression of, of like, it's so vast and so much to do. And then just showing you that it's just the little steps with God and you've already won. And so Lord, I pray that today that people would actually start their journey of being an entrepreneur today, taking those steps in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. That's so good. Well, thank you again, Blake. We so appreciate you you sharing your, your time and your story with us. I appreciate you letting me. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend. It would help us out tremendously. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of Pierce's new book, Calling, how to partner with God in any business, with any boss, at any place in life. Then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.